I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. Today I'm sitting down with Alexandra Epple, Ayurvedic consultant, yoga teacher and body worker now based in Germany. Today my very special guest is Alexandra Epple. Hello, hello. Hello, thank you for making time. Absolutely. Alexandra has come from a very long tradition of practicing Ayurveda. Um, she's an Ayurvedic certified practitioner. She's a Thai massage therapist, a very good one, and a yoga teacher. And most of all, what Alexandra is, as well as I am <laughs> in the name, is that she is a seeker of life. And recently, Alexandra, you have done a very big thing. You cut loose from where you were living in California, is that right? Uh, yep, in the US, right. California, and decided to move back to your home country, Germany. But between the two things, you decided to take some time out to walk the Camino, which ended up being a much bigger journey than you anticipated. Do you want to, do we start with that? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? What happened? Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Um, I was living in the United States for actually 20 years. So it was a long time and I was quite rooted there. But uh, internally, I had always felt the impulse of moving back to Germany. I knew that at some point in my life, I will return to where I came from. And for eight or nine years, I had been thinking about it. And I was really tired about the conversation in my head. But it was never felt like the right time. It wasn't never a hell yes inside. It was always like a 99%. Yeah, I'll do it. But there was always this 1% missing. And um, then I went through a very difficult period about a year and a half ago emotionally. And I would wake up every day at like 4 a.m. And I had to cry for an hour. And because I had been doing so much yoga and Ayurveda and self-inquiry and all that, I knew that there was the reason I was crying was there was a big transitioning up ahead. And there was something I needed to listen to. And so I, I, I sat every morning and I said, what is this about? Please tell me what is this about? And one morning after about five months of this, it all of a sudden clicked. And I'm like, wow, I'm never really landing in America. I'm always hovering like a hummingbird above the ground. Hmm. And I've never really landed. And that's why I have such a, it was a good time in America. It was also a hard time in a way. And I was like, wow, I need to move back to Germany to actually land and ground. Hmm. And so it, put forward, obviously, once I made this decision, there, there was a whole process I went through um, in order to leave the country and, and whatnot and, you know, get rid of my things and uh, get rid of my business and, you know, like just close my time there. And then I figured, you know, it's, I need a transition piece. It's always like when you breathe, you know, you breathe in and then you breathe out. And at the end of the inhale, at the end of the exhale, there's always a pausing period before the next inhale arises and I was completely in a in an exhale of my life right I was yeah. 20 years had come to a close that's a big exhale and I was like wow I need to take some transition time to pause and to just be and 
so the Camino came to me and I had been thinking about this Camino for like three or four years. It was really a calling that I had and I, I really wanted to go there for, for a while, but it never fit into my schedule. So I'm like, wow, this is the perfect time. I'll just go to the Camino. And I had just envisioned the Camino Frances, which is the main route in Spain. And it's mm -hmm. about 900 kilometers. It takes about a month. And I figured, oh, I'll just walk that Camino and then I'll fly back to Germany and I'll land in October or September or something and I'll start my new life. Yeah. But I started out walking and even after two weeks of walking, you know, I was like, wow, this is like a piece of cake for me. It's like a walk in the park. This is not going to be enough for me. All I'm doing right now is I'm shedding who I am. Really that first 900 kilometers for me was let go of anything I am not. That was sort of what came to me. Hmm. And then you kind of walked all the way home to Germany, which is about how many kilometers? Well, that was an additional about 1900, just walking kilometers. Wow. And how long did that take you approximately? Uh, the whole journey was four and a half months. Four and a half months. That means translates to 30 kilometers a day or how 25 to 35, mm -hmm. somewhere in that range. Solid yeah. walking. Yeah. Solid walking. Yeah. And you also encountered a lot of, I mean, I followed you on Facebook, which you can also do and you can see the information below. But uh, I followed you on Facebook where you kind of talked about your struggles and you have a blog about it. And what I understood was the hardest part was to actually keep going where nobody else keeps going because everybody does the route to you know and is facilitated with all these beautiful hostels and you know you feel the community but you kind of really dare to go out there and go that piece further in kind of inquiring how far you can support yourself to make this dream more or less or this intuition as you called it right come true it was a total intuition to keep walking It was like this inner knowing that I had at the end of that first section. I was like, what do I do next? And, and there was just this voice inside of me that said, hey, you need to keep walking. And I, I didn't really have an analytical reason for it at all. Like there wasn't really like I could come up with like, oh, I need this time because I need to work through some trauma. Or I need to let go of something. No, it was just like, you need to walk. That's it. Like, yeah, follow that feeling. I love you know, and I think, hmm? Yeah, sorry. What did yeah, you... I just think this is actually, if I think back 20 years ago, that would have been a really hard thing for me to do because my head was so much stronger 20 years ago um, and my head would have always won over my heart. Now it's so much yeah. easier for me to follow my heart. My heart was saying go and my head was like, oh, well, why? Mm -hmm. Well, my heart just like because it feels right. And so that's why I kept walking. And then, you know, it was a very beautiful uh, metaphor because... I was returning to Germany after 20 years and the metaphor is, well, I'm just walking back very slowly. I'm walking back into my hometown and that felt really beautiful to me. Yeah. And there's endless stories and books that talk about like how good that is to do that way. I mean, the ancient way of traveling, of arriving slowly to accommodate yourself and to uh, that the whole of you arrive, uh, arrives is super important and i think in a time where everything is as you say you know very uh, driven by our desires what we need to do instead of by our intuition what we should be doing it's very kind of hard to see these internal conversations so 
what I find most in my own coaching is that people don't know, they can't listen to their inner body anymore. They find that they are, they don't know what hunger is, you know, they don't know what intuition is, or if they know what it is, they are afraid to follow it. Can you kind of elaborate on your intuition? How do you define it? Where did you first encounter it? Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's, that's a long story. Um, it was really when I was 21 and I spent some time in Indonesia. I was traveling there for two months and I met this Indonesian guy and he said, he always said, little girl, he always called me little girl, little girl, follow your heart. You have to follow your heart. I'm like, what are you talking about? I sort of get it conceptually, but I don't really get it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And so anyway, I, I took it to heart what he said and I investigated. And um, two years later, I actually moved to America and it was a very hard move for me because I was 23. I was like a little girl. I was truly like a little girl. I wasn't grown up. I was not really an adult. I was very protected when I was growing up. And I, I decided to move to America because I had a boyfriend there. And it, I extracted myself from the security of the German, what do you call that? It's German structure, let's put it that way. I even had a job that was paying social security and all of the things we get in Germany, right? But still, my heart was saying so loud, you have to go. It was basically screaming at me. Hmm. I'm like, okay, I packed two suitcases. I had 2000 Deutschmark in my pocket and that's all I had. And I moved to America. And it was really the hardest thing I've ever done uh, was, was extracting myself from the hamster wheel of German life, basically. Yeah, and it's the idea of safety that we all are longing for. The, uh, I mean, we all, you know, our need to control, it has become bigger and bigger. And the idea of being safe has been easily replaced by all these apps and in that sense, by our logic, you know, if I go from A to B, I can have this here. And so the, when you remove yourself from such a form of control and you step into intuition, what I hear mostly you saying is that it can be really frightening. It's scary and still doable. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, completely. Mm. I mean, it's a very expansive space we step into when we follow intuition. It's a very freeing space, but it's also disorienting and it's also scary. Yeah. And we have to have tools to navigate that scariness. And over time, you know, the last 20 years, I basically practiced following my heart. I mean, there's many stories I could tell what I did that was really scary, always stepping away from safety, always stepping towards my heart. And I got better and better at meeting those scary places and mm. and i did that with yoga and ayurveda basically because it gives me the grounding and the trust and the inner knowing that i'll be okay wow so what exactly when you talk about tools i would totally be intrigued what would you call a tool i mean we all know ayurveda for its healing capacity for its be balancing capacities and yoga for the way it can ground you and really bring you back into your body so that what you're doing is real, that you encounter yourself as a real person with all these possibilities. So, but what is your, what would you call your tool within that? What was the marker for you or what is your fallback tool? 
Yeah, so, so let me expand a little bit. So in Ayurveda, when you step outside of safety zone, you take away the earth element and you basically increase the air element. So air element becomes really big and earth element becomes really small, right? But when air element becomes way too big, then you get nervous, you get anxious, you get afraid, you start to be constipated or get gas or like the, the, the body is just too light and the mind is too expansive and light to, to feel safe, right? So mm. I would, a tool that I would use to ground myself in that way and to bring back the earth element is for example, to do Abhyanga and put oil on my body. Mm. This is probably the number one tool that I would use if, whenever possible. If that tool isn't possible, often a bathtub is available. Water is heavy, it's grounding, it opposes the air element and makes us more safe and more held and hey, you're okay. So th those are just two simple tools. I mean, I could expand on that if you want to, but those are two tools I use all the ah, time. Please keep going. I think we're all intrigued, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, if, I, if those things aren't available, if, if I just don't feel it, um, meditation. And the kind of meditation that's a grounding meditation where I would visualize the energy dropping from the crown of the head down, 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 down into the center of the earth. Mm. And I would just sit there and imagine again and again and again that energy dropping down from the crown of the head down, 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 yeah. through my feet down in the center of the earth. So very simple, more subtle practice. Yeah. When you think about food, I would eat food that are more grounding in nature. So... Uh, things that grow in the earth, like carrots and potatoes and sweet potatoes and beets and, and, and more, if you eat meat, then meat is a good thing. Or mm. even meat broth. You know, if you're vegetarian or vegan and something that's, that's just heavier in nature, right? Yeah. How did you do that then um, walking? Because I hear what you say that, for example, when you move from one place to another, you kind of steep yourself in these practices that are probably available because you will find a bathtub, you will find some oil, which you can also do when, you must, uh, when you're walking. But what was that piece that really kind of held you together and kept you moving forward into what you call this unknown space, you know, where we have to be patient. This is another quality, obviously, in trusting your intuition, that quality piece of trust yeah what did you do to keep that going for you that's you mean like that grounding piece is that what you're asking grounding piece you know and uh, for me also how did you keep your trust in that it's the right thing you do or was there a point yeah. where you <laughs> thought you uh, you know you want to chuck this all and just take the next plane train <laughs> <laughs> You know, in terms of practices while I was walking, I honestly, my practice was to walk. And because you're stepping foot uh, in front of foot in front of foot, you're activating the soles of the feet. And the soles of the feet naturally are earth element because they always touch the ground. So there is naturally a lot of grounding that happens just through the act of walking. And because you're walking at the speed that only your body can take, it's a very grounding experience. It's, it's far different than going by bicycle or by car or by plane where the body goes faster than it naturally would on its own accord, right? Mm. So that practice itself was very grounding. Um, and then there's a, a rhythm and routine that comes with doing a pilgrimage like this because it's always the same. You get up early in the morning, six or seven in the morning, you pack your bag, you have breakfast, you start walking. 
la 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 you walk come one o'clock you have lunch you walk some more you have dinner mm. you you clean your clothes you sleep next day the same routine so rhythm and routine keeps that air element that i was talking about before in check yeah. so so much um so that was pretty much the quote-unquote practices that i did they're big yeah. practices and mm. the walking facilitated that um and then your second part of the question was about trust them. No? Yeah. That was an interesting journey, you know? So I think the pausing is very important for that again. Um, there, when I was in Santiago de Compostela in Spain, so my first uh, you know, goal that I had, I had reached it and I was like, well, what do I do next? And I looked at Google Maps and it said 2,500 kilometers to Germany just by car. I'm mm. like, oh my God, how? how am I going to do this? Like my mind couldn't fathom walking another 2,500 kilometers. So, but I paused and I sat with it. And it's like, is this possible for me? And just an inner yes came. And I'm like, okay, if there's an inner yes to this, I will find a way to make it happen. Hmm. So what I did was, which is helpful in so many other areas of our lives, when we have a big goal, we cut the goal into pieces. Yeah. And there was natural junction points, juncture points um, in the journey where pilgrims often start their journey or end their journey. And I gave myself the permission whenever I reach such a juncture point to either bail out and drive, go home or mm. to continue on. Yeah. So that again, whenever I came to this juncture point, that's when difficulty arose in, within myself. Yeah. So I hear, that, I hear that one of your tools was to have a certain discipline in a way of walking up to a certain point and at the same time keep checking in. And that is, I think, where we often lose because we are drilled to do discipline and you know, our society is asking us to be more disciplined, to be more engaged, which is to me a form of discipline, you know, like being there for others, having a goal, following a goal, delivering stuff, you know, at work or wherever we need to deliver. And to and then I see a lot of people these days to do doing what you do and they kind of throw up their lives you know they, they throw their lives up in the air they quit their job they move to another country and then suddenly they feel at total loss you know because what you've described so vividly earlier is that they move in space and have no grounding practices and as my podcast is dealing with the topic of you know that we can travel a lot outwardly we can only travel outwardly well if we travel inwardly. Can you say more to this a little bit for the listener? Yeah, you know, the, something came to mind. This is um, when I was traveling with a friend actually a long time ago in Thailand. And this was a friend who um, traveled a lot in her life, usually in Asia. And she, we were taking a bus trip together. And at lunchtime, I remember we took a break and I was like, hey, I'm going to find some food. And she's like, well, why do you want to find some food? I'm like, well, because I'm hungry and because it's lunchtime. And she was like, well, really? Okay. She was kind of flabbergasted for a minute. Okay, fine. Because <laughs> she was, she was told practical. me that she, that she used to not eat during a bus trip for whatever reason, because it was too difficult to find something or whatever. She wasn't thinking about food. 
and she has so much air element in her physique and in her mind already that she just wasn't thinking about it. And for me, having studied Ayurveda, it was like, you have your three, I have my three meals a day and it doesn't matter where I am, I'm going to have that because that's what's keeping me grounded, right? Yeah. So it was very funny because uh, I obviously didn't just buy lunch for myself. I bought lunch for her as well. And at the end of the bus trip, she said, you know, this is the first time that I felt really grounded and I wasn't anxious when I arrived. I'm like, oh, very cool. I just taught something. Yeah. And I I can't remember your question now. I I don't know why, why uh, why that story came now. I think because what we uh, what you were referring to is that um, we can throw up our lives in the air, but there is some basics that we always always need to do. And even though they seem to be so plain inside, like sleep, um, eat, and so on yeah. and so forth, practice, gather yourself mentally through meditation or you know forming whatever goal you want to achieve we keep forgetting that it's necessary to do that when everything is up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. So ha- having come home from a very long walk, how are you starting slowly to establish a routine that's kind of bringing you into forming your new life? Yeah. So that takes um, a remembrance because whenever one finds in a new space, I mean, that's how I feel it. Like whenever I'm in a new space, I sort of, I'm such a chameleon. I get carried away by other people around me or by different settings. So for me, it was really a remembrance of what I had done in the last 20 years, what I had worked towards and really writing out like writing out on a piece of paper even even though i know it in my head writing out on a piece of paper in the morning i get up i brush my teeth i take a shower i do my abhyanga i do xyz practice and being really clear about what kind of practices i'm doing Mm. that helps me a lot although Mm. i know it in my head and i could easily do it just like that writing it down really helps me Mm. and it anchors me so And then, you know, I'm staying with my parents right now. So rhythm is fairly easy because my my mom gets up early. There's lunchtime. There's dinner time. There's a a natural rhythm in the house already. So that was easy for me to fall back into. But it definitely takes um, consciousness. Um, What do I want? Achtsamkeit. What am I looking for? Awareness. Awareness. Thank you. This is funny. Yeah, it takes awareness. Um, (laughs) Yeah. and a willingness, and it's just like, hey, you have to remind yourself. It's the weirdest thing. I've been doing this stuff for 20 years almost, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's a moment of recognition that one has to have, hey, you need to get into your rhythm and routine, and then it clicks and I'll do it. Yeah, you know, but- yeah. and I loved how you said it takes remembrance, you know, and I think in the remembrance is the the idea of dharma to me, you know, that we do, that we have been doing things all along, like as a child, as a teenager, as a growing adult, as somebody who matured and is seeking new ways in life. But in the back of us, there is this peace that we've always been strong with and strong at. And to remember that and not to throw everything out and expect to be the new, I don't know what, you know, <laughs> the, um, 
is something that might not be really down our street, but we just think we need to do that to be completely mm -hmm. new. We cannot, we cannot do this no matter where we go, you know, we will always carry that forward in us. And that saying also is that the more we travel outside, the more we walk outside, the more we liberate ourselves from, you know, these control things we have, I think, you know, like the more we travel, the more we, we gain new insights and we become more malleable and we, we become more interactive instead of reactive. Mm -hmm. And then when yeah. we, we stripped all that, the reaction, then it's the remembrance really, you know, like what is the core of me? What do I love doing? Where do I resonate with? And the biggest remembrance, we're human beings. We're not, you know, night owls. We're not uh, nocturnal creatures. We do need to rest, sleep, eat, take care of our physique, you know? So yeah, that, that really touched me in that one word you, you gave. Hmm. Yeah, when you when you're talking like this, uh, what I what I want to add is that the hardest thing for me really is redefining who I want to be next, or defining who I want to be next. Because on my walk, what happened, and I asked for it, is for my identities to fall away, and for the identities that are no longer me, anything that isn't internalized, I wanted that to fall away. And so when I arrived in Germany, I have no yoga teacher. I have no Ayurveda teacher right now. I have no teachers in my life. And really what, what I'm left with is just me. And it's a very strange feeling in a way because everybody always talks about, oh, become your authentic self, follow your heart, do, do your thing, do your thing, not everybody else's thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm all for that. I'm absolutely 100% mm -hmm. for it. And there's a moment of like, wow, but who am I? Who am I after having gotten rid of everything that I had? And surely I'm not left without anything because I have my experiences, I have my skills, I have all of these things. But still the bigger question was like, well, maybe I should be somebody completely different. Maybe I should study journalism or maybe I want to have a TV show or maybe I want to do this or that or that or that. And there's a lot of ideas that all of a sudden float in that space, you know, because you've, mm. I've created so much space. And the first element that comes into space when it's empty, it's air element. And when air element goes wild in that space, it's like a tornado. And that's what happens in the brain. Mm. You know, so it's like, wow, it's like this re-identification that's happening for me right now. Mm. Yeah, that's... Yeah, and there's two things that I heard you saying things, you know, like when you, um, the thing like do your thing, is exactly what you stumbled across. You have no where we align with teachers, mentors, inspirations. And when we come to the ultimate sense of spirituality or to the ultimate sentence that we are the universe and that we are already perfect and that we can guide and can be ourselves in being, you know, like can be ourselves and guide through being ourselves then that's super scary to let go of the idea that there's always somebody we need to have to correct our course, like a teacher or a mentor, which can be helpful, of course. You know, I'm all for it myself. I'm also addicted to this kind of following a leader and while wanting to be one. But 
um, I think this is the ultimate goal, isn't it? it? It's like to understand that we don't need, but you, I mean, at your age, Alexandra, you know, and with your background of how many years of Ayurveda? More than 20, I believe. No, right? not 20. It's more like Ayurveda. It's, it's more like 10, but with and including yes. yoga, like 18 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. a huge background like me, you know, we both are probably at the same um junction in accepting that we can actually grow from our own wisdom and intuition and that the subjects that have become almost um what you say like to put in into a certain kind of drawer is that how you say it in english like in schubladen yep. yeah you know to put them like ayurveda is this you know yoga is that and thai massage is this or body work is that that also that keeps us in the need of feeling we need teachers because we might not have understand it with our own wisdom so i hear you're really coming from the camino with finding or daring to find your own wisdom is that right and practicing my wisdom i would say actually practicing just, your wisdom yes yeah yeah like really just integrating everything that i've learned and applying it in my own life again yeah. you know and uh, and it's never, you never stop learning. You know, it's like whenever you transition, and I've done so many big transitions like this in my life, you, you only get better. You never get great at it, you know, but you get more skillful at it and navigating it. You're yeah. more skillful at navigating your emotions around it. You're getting mm. more skillful in grounding yourself while you're going through the transition. And it gets easier and easier every time, but the agony is still somewhat there. You know, like you still feel disoriented and confused, but you know how to deal with the confusion and the disorientation. So I have tools like, I don't know, I just talked to my astrology yesterday, for example. Mm. I know that that's a tool that really works for me to give me clarity and to give me the insight that I need. You know, later on, I'll, I'll, I'll put some tarot cards out just because it gives me a way of, to inquire within myself and uh, the space to do that. You know, so over time, you get more tools and more skilled at, at those transitions. Yeah. And to discard perfection as such, as you describe it, you know, that we always are learning and that we always maybe just need the notion of a direction through what the astrologers said, then to find whether that direction is the right direction for us and be ready to change course if it's all going you know, <laughs> shit hitting the fan or something. Do you feel this has been a successful transition for you? I mean, is this something that you would go back and do again or? Absolutely. 100% Alexandra. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was so, actually 2019 was an epic year, I have to say. Like ever since I made that decision to move back to Germany it, and it landed so well, it, I have had the best time ever. I mean, all of the first five months in 2019 was about discarding things. So I detoxed my space, right? Marie Kondo style. Yeah. And it was a very powerful process of letting go of everything I'm not. Mm. And, and then I had all this time to myself and be alone and reflect and just beautiful being out in nature. I mean, any time again. And, and even though 2020 has been a little bit like challenging so far, challenging in terms of like finding what is the groove that I need to fall into. Mm. You know, it, it still is super valuable to me. Um, and it, it's, it, it's, it's exciting 
as I said, it's also disorienting, but it's also exciting. You know, it's like I have yeah. the world at my feet, you know? So yeah, anytime. it's the joy of life and allowing ourselves to enjoy life without feeling we always have to be functioning, right? And that we have also to learn again that we are in a position to be here as much as to contribute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 What did you enjoy most about the Camino? Speaking about joy. What did I enjoy most? Interesting question. You know, the simplicity. I think that's the mm -hmm. first thing that comes to mind. You just have your backpack and you, all you do is you walk, you eat, you have some nice conversations and you sleep. And, yeah. and it's just such a nice simplicity. Like what came to me during the Camino is like, why do we make life so complicated? Life's so easy. We don't need much. We need a little roof over our head, we need a little food in our mouth. And what else are there? A few clothes. I mean, there's not really that much that we truly need. And then the desire comes along because if you want, if that was all you wanted, Alexandra, then you probably would be still walking <laughs> or hitting off to the next destination. Yeah. Completely agreed, right? For, for myself, it's not the end all, but it was just beautiful to have that experience mm. and to mentally and emotionally sink back into that notion of simplicity that when I get aggravated about something that I'm not achieving or that I don't know. It's like, what are you so upset about? You know, what are you so irritated about? Just like, it's life is simple. Don't make it so complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think that are good, simple words for us to finish. Life is simple and remember that and that you're free to do what you want to and stay grounded all day. That's pretty much what I took from our conversation today. Yeah. And if you feel the need to get in touch with Alexandra, I can attach her website to this conversation below and you can read up on her thing about her Camino on the blog, right, Alexandra? Yeah, yeah. theriswani.me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we attach that too. So if you're curious mm -hmm. to have her in your house, talk to you or even get a consultation, please feel free to contact her. And for now, I say goodbye and I see you in the next time around when we talk about the next interesting person, which is lined up, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, please consider to become a patron at patreon.com slash Alexandra Kreis and pledge your donation.